Hello, and welcome to Something Good, episode 23, I think. It's impossible for me to look before I do it. I forget every time. I think it's 23. Hold on, let me look. Um, how are you? Hold on, I feel like I need to sit further from the mic. It is episode, yep, 23. God, I'm always right. Um, hi, how are you doing? Can you hear the birds in the background? So, nature is very foreign to me. Um, it's a little loud, hold on. Like, I love a bird as much as the next one, but it's not more important than my voice. Um, yes, I'm in nature right now, which is shocking. Um, and so birds are a thing. And I kind of love it. Um, so hopefully you'll enjoy this gorgeous background noise for our conversation today, which will be centered around the topic of how to find a therapist and what to expect with your first few weeks of therapy. Um, I'm out of breath for some reason. Hold on, LaCroix. So, number one, got lots of great feedback from last week's episode. I want to say thank you so much to everybody that reached out to me either through my email, sarah at sarahcousins.com or through Instagram uh, at sarahcousinsdesign, S-A-R-A-H. Um, it means so much to me that anybody even listens to this podcast. So the fact that I got feedback from people is incredible. Um, that episode was definitely the most emotional for me that I've ever recorded. And, and so it just made me really happy that it meant something to people because putting yourself out there is really scary. Um, and so I'm glad that we can do it together. And I'm glad that you are enjoying it so far. Uh, if you do, I, I'm now taking, you know, I'm, I'm kind of trying to do episodes centered a bit more around a topic rather than just me sitting here um, blathering on about whatever comes into my head. Um, I may still bring you a few good links, but honestly... I'm just like interneted out. I just don't, I just can't look on the internet anymore. I'm just like, there's there's no news that I'm interested in seeing. I just like the whole thing, I'm like, mm. um, So that link part is not happening today. Uh, it hasn't happened for a little while. So I hope you're okay with this slight tweak to the show format of me talking more broadly on a subject. Um, but I would love to hear your thoughts because, you know, this is a group sort of thing. You know, it's, you know, I make it, but I want to make sure that you enjoy listening. So if you have thoughts or comments or constructive feedback about the show or the format or things you'd like to hear in the future, please email me, Sarah, S-A-R-A-H at sarahcousins.com or find me on Instagram. So today we're going to talk about therapy and this question was brought up by uh, someone in my Instagram DMs she wanted to know a little bit about therapy what it's like is it like it is in the movies what are your first sessions like it seems expensive so I'm gonna kind of just go through my experience you know I'm not a licensed therapist so I cannot speak um, from the point of view of someone that's been through multiple first sessions but I can speak from my experience and I can speak from the the conversations I've had with my therapist about the way that therapy 
or at least her style of therapy kind of works in general because I've talked to her a lot about like how does this work in general like how regardless of my experience like what what do you, what do you do with patients because I just always thought it was interesting <sighs> deep breath Sarah you're not breathing <sighs> oh can I tell you I'm wearing white jeans and a sweater right now and I have on boy brow I'm like wearing makeup and jeans because today I was just like you know what you're gonna put on jeans today and I did and I loved it and I'm gonna wear leggings again tomorrow because like I'm not gonna like start wearing jeans every day that's insane but I just felt inspired today to put on denim and I'm feeling quite summery I'm feeling very Hamptons mom uh, very Upper East Side mom. I feel like I need a pair of Jack Rogers and I'm ready to like go out for a picnic on the town. But yeah, I'm loving it. Oh good, who's stomping up the stairs right now? Good God. Could you walk any heavier? It's okay. person stomping was Ripley. So, okay, let's talk about therapy. Number one, how do you find a therapist? Let's say you're thinking, I'd like to get a little bit, well, actually, let's back up. Why would you potentially go to therapy? Um, a lot of people think I would go to therapy because I'm having panic attacks. I have issues with childhood trauma. I have an eating disorder. I have neurological things going on. Those are all true. Um, other reasons you can go to therapy that I don't think are as well known that are definitely important. Um, I would like to uh, have more control in my life. I would like to um, have more confidence. I would like to change my current life situation. I don't like the direction my life is going in. I would like some assistance in changing the direction of my life. I want advice on how to become a better public speaker. I want advice on, like, you can go to therapy. It's not just about childhood trauma. It's not just about having depression. Being in therapy can be really helpful for things that aren't necessarily directly related to being in therapy or things that people immediately think of. So for example, my therapist, Jen, only works with young women in New York City. And one of her big things is she's like, I'm here to help you build confidence. I'm here to help you be in control of your life. And I'm here to help you realize your potential. And along the way, in order to get to that point, you will, you know, have to go through things that you that are holding you back. And some of that may be childhood stuff. Some of that could be the thoughts you tell yourself that aren't real. Um, but some of it can just be, you know, new things that you put into practice, new habits that you have. So I think that's a big thing that's a misconception about therapy is that you lay down on a couch and you spend your whole time talking about how terrible your parents are. I've done that before, definitely, but but I don't lie down unless I'm like actually really tired. And then I just say, can I please lie down? And then I lie down on the couch. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great tool for anybody that's looking like, I don't know if a better way to say this, but anybody that's looking to like level up in their life, like anybody that's saying, I want... You know, I, I want to be more confident. I want to have more control in my relationship. 
I want to be able to speak my mind. I want to change careers. All of these things. And, you know, you can go to different kinds of therapists or counselors. You can go to a career counselor. You can go to a life coach. There's tons of different resources you can go to. I go to a kind of therapy called cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT therapy, which is what my therapist specializes in. And what that is, is it's a kind of therapy that works, uh, and this is coming from someone that did not get a master's degree in social work. So like, you know, Google this yourself. But basically what that means is we work with taking thought patterns and thoughts that are not logical, real, or helpful challenging them and actually permanently changing your thought patterns. So what that means is when I came in five years ago thinking I am worthless, now I think I am very worthy. And the reason I think that is because I have changed thousands of thoughts I have about myself every day and I did them one at a time by thinking, so we would talk about, you know, something like, like what's an example? Like I would say, you know, I feel like I need to lose weight. Like I need to lose like five to 10 pounds. And she would say, why five to 10 pounds? What is five to 10 pounds gonna do for you? And I would say, well, I would be prettier. And then my boyfriend at the time, not rip the abuse. Mm. I don't like to use the word abusive because I really wanna reserve that for people that have been through really traumatic stuff. But I mean, there was definitely some, mm, just a lot of fat shaming and a lot of belittling just so that I would stay in the relationship. But anyway, we went over that in the last episode. Um, so anyway, so I would say, you know, I would, you know, I would get more attention from my boyfriend. I would feel prettier. And then she, so she would say, okay. So she would challenge each thought when it came up. So she would say, and, and why would you get more attention from your boyfriend if you lost five pounds? And I would say, well, he, you know, he wants me to lose weight. And she goes, why does he want you to lose weight? And I would say, well, I think he wants me to be thinner. Why? And we would get really down to the root of it. So questioning everything. Why, why is that? Why, 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 why? And we get down to the root and it's because he wanted to maintain a level of control over me and he wanted to be able to control different parts of my life and parts of my physical body, including my weight. So, and by the way, like quick disclaimer, there's a difference between, you know, a loved one or a partner wanting you to be a healthy weight for your health. And there's a difference between somebody saying, you're 130 pounds, I want you to be 125 pounds because they want to have control over you. Like there's a big difference. So don't get it twisted. So anyway, that's kind of like what CBT is. So that's a kind of therapy that I go to. Um, it's pretty common. It's not like advertised that it's CBT therapy. I don't think like, I don't, I don't know that a lot of people would say, you know, I want to go to CBT therapy. It's kind of just like, um, it feels like a modern approach to therapy because you're, you, what you're doing is you're challenging illogical thoughts or you're getting to the root of problems that you're having by challenging with logic. So I am not worthy. Why am I not worthy? Hmm. Well, why would I think I'm not worthy? Um, because I don't feel loved. Why don't you feel loved? I don't have a boyfriend. Why don't... Why, why do you think you need a boyfriend to be loved? Because if I don't have a man's attention, then I don't have anybody's attention. Hmm, that's really interesting. Let's think about that this session. And then we would go into the session. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Imagine doing that once a week, five years ago when you're Sarah and you like have literally 
no foundation with which to stand on. I was like, oh dear God. Now I'm like, now she'll correct me and I'm like, you're so right. Ugh, you're so right. So that's therapy. So how do you find a therapist? There's a bunch of different ways. You can go on psychologytoday.com and look under find a therapist and enter in your zip code and then a bunch of therapists will come up. You can see their picture, their credentials, a bio and what they specialize in and what kind of patients they specialize in. You can also go on ZocDoc.com, which is the one that I recommend the most because you can also input your insurance into that uh, portal. And by doing that, you can see which therapists uh, not only fit your needs and what you're looking for in a therapist, but also accept your insurance, which kind of feeds us into, so I use ZocDoc to find my therapist. That feeds us into paying for therapy. Therapy is expensive if you pay for it out of pocket. There is no way around that. Um, I'm not gonna lecture you about like, you should invest in your mental health, blah, 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 because you should. But like, if you don't have the money in the first place to invest, like it's not very helpful to have people say that to you. What I will say is that there are many different, uh, there, there are many, many therapists, especially in big cities that will, if they don't take your insurance, they will figure out a way to somehow file it for you. So if you find a therapist you really wanna work with and think is interesting, um, it is really worth your time to reach out and say, I have this kind of insurance or I can afford this level of care. Is this something that we could discuss? Because that is something that is more available to people than people realize. Now it's not a bartering system. <laughs> like these people need to make a living um, and they're providing you a service. However, I really, I hear a lot from people that are considering going to therapy that they don't even look or try because they think it's going to be expensive. And if you do have any sort of health insurance, I really encourage you to see what's covered. And then if you don't have health insurance or you don't have anything covered, or you don't think you have anything covered, reach out to therapists that you're interested in in your area, tell them what kind of insurance you have and see what you can do. Because that has worked for more people, for a lot of people that I know including myself. Um, the other thing that comes up a lot is, well, I don't have the time to go to therapy. I don't really know what to tell you about this one because it is, you know, 45 minutes a week or 45 minutes every two weeks, de depending on how often you go. Um, I switch off between going every week and then I do every two weeks kind of when I'm in more of a stable place. Right now I'm going once a week just because during quarantine I really wanna make sure that I'm keeping my brain like really on track and really um, healthy. And um, it's a privilege to be able to do that. Like that's that should be the undertone of this entire episode. <laughs> um, I'm not telling you that you need to do that. Uh, I'm never telling you that, but you guys should know that. It's episode 23, like we know each other by now. But um, it is, you know, there's different treatment plans for everybody. Um, and working with a therapist, it is very, it's, it's a, it's a teamwork sort of thing. It's a client relationship, a client and a provider relationship, but you really are a team. So coming up with how often you go, when you go, how you're paying for it with insurance or on a credit card or through an FSA or an HSA account. Like there are many, there are many ways to kind of do it. And it's, it's between you and your therapist to figure out what works best for you. 
the time one, um, well, I mean, obviously if you're working, you know, nine to five and you have children at home and like you don't have care after five o'clock, like I'm not going to tell you that you should make time to go to therapy because like that's unrealistic. I will say, um, because I've never, I've, by the way, I'm never going to tell you how to spend your time or your money, but I will say that people use the time thing a lot as an excuse because I used it as an excuse too before I finally went. Um, the time thing is, oh, well, I don't have the time to go, so I'll just get a prescription written by a psychiatrist. Or I don't have the time to go, um, so I'll just like, I, I'm just not going to do it. If you're a young person, I don't want to do a generalization. I'll say, don't let fear get in your way of living your best life. What you will uncover about yourself in therapy may be hard at first, but it will make you so much stronger and you deserve to spend your teens, 20s, 30s feeling absolutely amazing so you can lay an incredible foundation for yourself so that you can take over the world. So if you're afraid of what you might find out in therapy, trust me, it won't be as bad as you think it is. Um, I remember during the beginning of my therapy journey, I once um, said, you know, was talking about something very difficult and I said it out loud and then I just looked at her and I was like, oh my God, I've never said that out loud. And she looked at me and was like, did we explode? And I'm like, no, we did not explode. And she's like, see, your thoughts are much scarier until you say them out loud and you realize that they don't have control over you if you don't let them. So just don't let time be a factor. Don't let time be something that you use to deter you. Um, also a lot of therapists, I know that we're not, you know, doing the regular nine to five right now in the city going to see therapists, but a lot of them will do, if you have to be at work by nine or by nine 30, a lot of them do early morning sessions. A lot of them do evening sessions. A lot of them do phone sessions, which is what we're all doing right now, including myself. Um, a lot of employers will, you know, it's different for everybody. But a lot of your employers will be okay with you taking an hour uh, once a week or once every two weeks and popping over to, the, to your therapist's office, um, you know, during your lunch break or something. I'm not saying everybody, but if it's important to, for you, explore it. Don't just say, oh, no, I don't have time and just like shut it out, you know, like, you know, let's, let's like think through it because it's scary, but I'm with you. And there's a team of people listening to this podcast that are also with you in spirit. Someday I feel like we should have a Facebook group or something so we can all be friends. Um, another thing that is coronavirus related, I've heard people say, I want to go to a therapist, but now that we're on lockdown, I don't want to start with teletherapy or like they won't start with teletherapy. I need to, you know, start in person. And my answer to that would be, no, you do not. You don't. Some therapists do video chat. Mine does phone just because, I don't know, we just both pop in our AirPods and talk on the phone. Um, you do not need to start in person. That There's no reason. You'll eventually see each other someday when we can all walk into the world again. Um, especially right now, if you need help and you want, you know, that kind of support, really, really recommend it. Look, recommend looking into it. Start with teletherapy. Um, there's no shame in that game. It's going to feel a little weird, 
but therapy does feel a little weird when you start. So, um, okay, what to go, what to expect with your first appointment. Uh, first appointments are different, a little bit different everywhere, but generally it's kind of a session where you do, you'll do an intake form prior to coming in, which will kind of help your practitioner understand what it is you're looking for so they can make sure that you might be a good fit. You'll get, they'll get some insurance information from you, but mostly they want to know like who's walking into their office, what are they struggling with, what can I do to prepare for this, to serve this client the best way possible. Your first session, two or three, it's kind of like being on a date, but you, the client, have most of the power here. So I really encourage, especially women in my life, go see a few therapists, go talk to a few therapists on the phone. Don't just like find one, think they're fine and then settle for that therapist. You want someone, if you're going to pay this amount of money, or if you're going to have it, even if you have it covered by insurance, if you're going to spend time with somebody and somebody's going to give you advice and feedback, um, not really advice. Therapists don't really give you advice. They just give you, especially at least mine. It's not really about advice. It's more challenging thoughts having you yourself come up with the answer that that is another misconception they don't like tell you what to do it's a lot of them like asking you a question just staring at you until you confront the hard truth which is pleasant so go on a few dates do a few intro sessions see talk ask them about their style ask them about Generally, what kind of clients do they work with? What's their philosophy? Say, you know, like, for example, you could say, like, if you were me five years ago, um, I'm having a lot of self-confidence issues, and I don't feel good in my body. I don't feel good in my skin. Like, how would you kind of want to start with that? Like, I'm feeling lost. Even I'm just feeling lost right now. You know, I mean, you don't have to ask them. That's kind of a big thing to ask. But if, if you really want to like learn, ask whatever question you want to ask. So go on your blind dates, find out, find who really works for you, and then go to the next appointment. Next thing, this is not a contract. You're not locked into working with this person forever. If it's not working for you, you are in control. You're making the choice every week to go or every other week, switch. Um, it's not like a... For me, I'm happy with the choice I've made, but I've seen a few other ones when I was living in the South before that I didn't connect with. So I've definitely hopped around between a few. What else? Um, and if you do switch, normally the therapist you were seeing will send his or her notes to the new therapist. You will probably have to do a little bit of this is my life story type thing at the beginning, um, which can be annoying, but they'll get notes from the previous therapist or previous practitioner. So that's good. Um, do they take notes while you talk? Mm, normally no. I've been to one that did. Normally they just listen. The therapist I go to, it's like a conversation. And I've been to a few, and most of the time it's just a conversation. I went to one that took notes on a legal pad, and I found that very weird, which is why I didn't like her, because I was like, it made me feel like I was in a doctor's office. It's different for everybody. It depends on what you want. But what I want, and you also may not know what you want, and that's totally fine. That's why you do a few blind dates with people. Is your therapist's voice annoying? Okay, great. That's enough of a reason not to go. Like, I'm serious. Be picky. Be as picky with the man you're going to date or woman you're going to date as you are with your therapist because you're going to have to spend time with this person and tell them things that you don't tell anybody else. So 
if something about them is a deal breaker to you, keep it moving. Um, I am not taking in enough air because I'm so excited about this topic. I just want everybody to be well. Um, so my therapist doesn't take notes, but I know that she has notes. I don't really know how she has them or like, I think she does it in between sessions, maybe on her computer. Uh, I don't know. But the therapists will have systems for keeping track of what's going on with all of their patients. Um, I, maybe I'll ask her next time we talk. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, they don't have like a clipboard where they just write thoughts about you and go, mm-hmm. It should not feel judgy. If you go into an appointment with someone new and you're feeling a real judgy vibe, that person's probably not for you. Um, you want it to feel like an environment where to the best of your ability, because it is very weird to open up to somebody you just met. So it will happen over time. You don't have to walk in and be like, blah, 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 blah. But um, it shouldn't feel like the person is judging your life decisions. I went to one therapist in North Carolina that legitimately judged me for something that had happened in my life. And I was just, well, I wasn't confident or an adult at the time. So I wasn't like, excuse me. But she pretty much told me that I had caused what the, the issues that I had in my life with my parents in my childhood. Um, that can happen. It's rare, but therapists are people too. So if you're an adult listening to this podcast, or if you're a teenager becoming an adult, just remember that you have the power here. And I'm not saying if you don't like what the therapist is saying, you need to leave because you will discover hard truths about yourself. But if they're, you know, not giving the kind of care, the proper healthy care that you need, um, maybe it's time to get a second opinion. But there's a difference between walking away from therapy because you have had a, a mirror held up to you and you've realized that you don't like what you see and someone giving you um, judgmental advice, you know? So that's that. First appointment, intake, you know, second, third appointments, you know, it's kind of like you're dating, you're figuring it out. And then from there, it's like, you know, you're just kind of hanging out, moving along, trying to work through shit. Um, people have questions about how does a session start? Do I just come in? Um, for me, I come in and say, hey, how are you? And talk to her like a person. And she will say how she is. And then she will say, how are you? What's going on with blah, blah, blah. And then we begin. It's not like a robotic thing. It's like a conversation. The way that I would explain at least the style of the therapist I see in New York, the style of her practice and of other practices that she is um, knows people at, is it's like you're having a conversation with somebody except that the person you're talking to is an unbiased third party that can also actually give you healthy thought exercises, things to think about, and be, be someone to hold a mirror up to you. Um, because the issue with, you know, talking with your friends is amazing. And I definitely do that. Um, talking with your partner is amazing. And I definitely do that over communicating, but 
um, it's not fair to put all of your stuff on people that don't have any training is what I've learned. Um, it can be really heavy. And so by having this like third party in your life that can is their, their one job is to help you move through life a little bit more gracefully and with more confidence and feeling good. Um, so that's awesome. Like to me, it's like, absolutely, I want that because I can't go to Rip and say, Rip, I, you know, I'm having X, Y, and Z problem because he's going to do the best he can, but he can't give me any like thought exercises or challenging, you know, questions. Like the man did not go to social work school. He'll give me a hug, which is lovely. We love that. Um, love you, Rip. But you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, what else? There are no fainting couches. There are no mahogany bookshelves. There are no clipboards, like I said. Yeah. It's cool. It's relaxed. And if the person you go to or the person you have your first date with is not cool and relaxed and you want cool and relaxed, then, like, keep it moving, you know? What people want out of therapy is different for everybody. Um, so, yeah. I think that's it. I mean, I wrote some notes on my phone. You guys, I prepared. Um, yeah. I hope that was helpful. Um... I don't want to pressure anybody into going into therapy. This is just more so for people that were considering it or even just kind of thinking about it. Um, but it's been, like I said last time, one of the, the biggest, greatest things that's ever happened to me. Um, and it's changed the course of my life and also who I am. And I am so proud of anybody that's even thinking about it because it's, um, just like with medication when we talked about it, I'm so proud of you if you're even thinking about if you're struggling right now and you're thinking about getting help because that's the first step um, and you don't have to be struggling with something huge to go to therapy like I said you can just want more confidence or you can want to you know I don't know like Something we do at my therapy is we have homework. Part of cognitive behavioral therapy is homework. Um, we don't always do it, and it's not like formal, but she'll say like, this week I want you to think about X, Y, and Z. Um, this week I want you to write down a list. So like when we were first going through my first two years, I had a lot of negative thoughts. And so a way that we could challenge those thoughts is I would have to collect them every week. And if you have ever written down every negative thought you have about yourself in a week, you will be astonished at the things that you think about yourself. You will look, and because the point that she was trying to make, which was immediately made to me, was if we tell ourselves, no lie, 250 negative things a day, why wouldn't we feel like shit? Oh, you guys, the air conditioner just turned on. No, hold on.
I don't know how to turn it off. Okay, I can't figure out how to turn it off. Um, so we're just gonna do this quickly. Shit. Okay. Um, anyway, so we did that homework exercise. I had like 250 thoughts a day. It was insane. And so that's why I came in and said, this is insane. I, I tell myself I'm fat, no lie, 70 times a day. Every time I pass a mirror, every time I look down, every time I see another person on the street, I can't stop comparing my body to them. What is going on? Um, and she would say, interesting. So no wonder you feel like shit. Oh, I've done it. Um, if you tell yourself you're fat 70 times a day, why wouldn't you feel bad about your body? Like, come on. So that's an example of homework. Um, homework is, you know, something that we do pretty often. I actually really like it because I like being able to take something that we had from therapy and move it into, like move, move a thought into the week and kind of focus on that thought for the week and see what I can come up with. And then in the next session say, okay, so I was thinking like a way that you can open a session if you're feeling awkward because people feel, sometimes will feel awkward about talking to their therapist because they're like, well, how do I start? And I'm like, you could start with hello, you could start with hi, you could start with, um, you know, I was thinking about what we talked about last week, blah, 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 blah. Something that I'm working on right now, a little insight, is, and this is, you know, this is me being real. I'm working on being less immediately judgmental of other people and their decisions because something that I have found with this new level of life-changing confidence and, you know, loving myself is that occasionally I can get a little judgmental of other people and I can think, hmm, well, well, and then I immediately feel icky and I don't like it, you know, the gossipy, I don't like that. So that's something we've been talking about for the last two weeks, which is just that initial thought, that initial first 10 second thought I have about something or some somebody or something I hear, I would like to not, I would like to approach people with kindness always because I normally will be kind like 99% of the time. I'm not a mean person, but sometimes I have more mean thoughts in my head than I would like to, um, you know, <laughs> say, but I'm telling you that. <laughs> So anyway, um, my, my goal right now is working on approaching people with kindness and understanding internally, um, because I think that will make me a more positive person as well. And I feel like it's been helping for the past two weeks. We've really been talking about it. And so whenever, now, whenever I do have a negative thought about somebody or I have a really judgmental thought, I'll say to myself, okay, hold on. Is that person doing their best they can right now? Is that person trying is there a chance that person is working through something that you can't see and the answer to all of that is yes and so I go okay so drop the tude Sarah um it's not a good look for you you're getting wrinkles by furrowing your brow that much and um let's be positive let's give a little love to them and let's keep it moving and that seems like a fabulous place to end this episode you guys I don't know if you can tell but I am feeling good um I really love talking about this mental health stuff with you. I don't think this will become a mental health podcast, but maybe it will. <laughs> just because it's something I'm so passionate about. And I feel like I can, um, I just want to give you any sort of help, knowledge, anything I've accumulated. Um, I'm definitely not an expert, 
but I have put in my 10,000 hours um, in the therapist couch, sitting on the therapist couch. So I would love to be a resource to you in any way possible. Like I said, send me your questions or send me topics you want me to cover. I will be more than happy to do it as long as I have some level of knowledge. And if I don't, I'll try to call someone and get them on the podcast like we did with Skylar talking about um, how to be a lifelong reader. That episode has been very popular and I'm so glad that you like it as much as I do because she is brilliant. <sighs> okay, we have to call Rip's parents now and then we have to call my parents. And... <laughs> This is the part where I like to be really dramatic and say, my parents are divorced, so I have to call two different numbers. <laughs> if my sister's listening, she's laughing right now going, oh my god. Um, we have a joke in our family that uh, we, liked, we like our family better divorced than we like them together. <laughs> Love you parents. They've been divorced for like 20 years, so it's fine. I think we're all over it. Um, because we've all gone to therapy. I love you. Be well. And, um, yeah, I'll see you on Wednesday. If I, if we don't come up with anything else, or we don't have any other pressing questions. I think I'm going to talk about goal setting, intention setting, what my goals are as an example, kind of how I'm working through setting those goals and intentions, how I'm working on even manifesting. Yes, that's a word we might use. Um, it's not going to be too like, you know, hokey pokey, like rub a crystal, um, but goal setting is really important and goal setting doesn't have to be huge and scary. And I've learned, you know, through therapy and through, you know, thousands of Ted talks, different ways to set goals that work for me. So I think we might talk about that and I'll use myself as an example and we can all learn about the intimate goals that I have for myself this spring and this year. What a thrill. Okay. I'm out of breath. I have to go. I love you so much. Bye.